come on, Haas, at least do something. He was like, try to make life interesting. <laughs> that, Even, that meme, bro, that meme, bro. Kai was like, come on, do something, man, do something. Yeah, it's like, come, come on, do something. At, at, yeah. at, at least you were a meme previously. People know you for being entertaining. Now, now yeah. you just exist, man. Just even you sadder. lost your marketing, man, you know. It's like, what's the point of you being there, man? There's no USP anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's like, at least every time Drive to Survive comes around, you at least be reliably entertaining them. Yeah. Whether you're competitive or not is a different question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... yeah. Welcome to RacePod. Alright, welcome back to RacePod. My name is Nathan. And I'm Jonathan. So together we are here to talk about all things Formula 1. RacePod is the extension of Race Recap, a LinkedIn newsletter created by t- by us two F1 fans in 2023, where we discuss the world of Formula 1 and everything that goes on around it. RacePod serves as the extension to, that, to the newsletter content pillar, where we talk about various off-track events from the F1 grid, as well as looking at the motorsports around the world surrounding the various motorsport, motorsporting community. That's it. Uh, we're back with episode 2. So previously, we kind of just went about like, why we created RacePod and what's the whole purpose of it. So if you haven't had a listen, go ahead and check out episode one on Spotify before you come to this episode. So I guess the very big uh, thing that happened outside of the pod since our last episode was uh, KL Podfest, right? We pitched, we literally pitched RacePod at the festival. So John, why not you just take us through, you know, what was that experience like? Yeah, so basically it was a very spur of the moment thing. I, I brought the idea to you, Nathan, that oh hey, since we're already going to KL Podfest anyways, because there were some various podcasters that we knew from um other interests, either career related, sports or just various personalities, and they had this pitch pitch of pilot contest where various podcasts and burgeoning podcasts are invited to pitch their pilot and the format of their podcast to a panel of judges. Two of them are Headlined by Kyrie Jamaluddin as well as Sharil, both from Colossal Jump, a very famous Malaysian podcast where they speak about all things politics and Malaysian affairs, as well as one of the one of the chiefs of Audio Plus. When where we were judged on variety of things on how we plan to structure our podcast, how our chemistry works, as well as how well we know our subject matter. Nathan, how would you describe our experience at KL Podfest? Yeah, I mean, just to give some context, Kayak, the host of Kalos Hakujak, are basically ex-Malaysian politicians. So pretty much right after their careers ended, they just decided like, hey, let's start a podcast. And it basically blew up in the Malaysian scene. But I think in terms of the experience, yeah, it was great. Um, Pitching to like literally Kairi Jamaluddin for like, if you don't know, like a very, very famous uh, Malaysian politician. And... Yeah, I think it was a really great experience, just the idea of pitching. I don't think we actually thought that we were going to get selected, but yeah, it was really cool. So the results will be out like in about a week's time. So yeah, we'll find out. In the meantime, apart from the big things that were happening outside uh, in real life for race part, the Formula 1 world has just blown up super, super crazy for the month of January. Yeah, it, it, it was the off-season that was silent and everything. It just started going insane. Yeah, like CD season just started early. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, you know. So I think we just wanted to cover like some of the big news that happened. So I think the very first one was the fact that the FIA, even though the FIA approved Andretti 
to be on the Formula 1 grid, uh, to be the 11 team, apparently talks with F1 just felt through and basically F1 rejected Andretti's bid to join the grid as the 11 team. So yeah, GG Andretti, man. So it looks like Haas is still going to be the only American team on the grid so far. Yeah, and I, I would say, of course, I'm disappointed, but um, avid followers of Race Recap have seen that we have discussed the possibilities of what happens if F- F1 have, has rejected Andretti. Personally, yeah. we think that there is a possibility that there might be some legal challenges relating to anti-competitive behavior, especially with Formula One being mainly based in Europe, as well as as well as in the American, uh, the United States of America, where there are various provisions in the law to prevent such anti-competitive behavior. But all of this remains to be seen. And according to Michael Andretti, they are still preparing their car along the way for twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six. So it's yeah, going to be yeah. interesting. Speaking of interesting. Every Netflix fan is uh, is always a big fan of Haas and of their, of their famous team principal, Gunther Steiner. Yes. Don't fucking smash <laughs> my door, am I right? Everybody yeah. knows Haas from that. And all of us were, were a little broken inside when when, every, when it was announced that Gunther Steiner would be leaving Haas, especially because where we're going to get our memes from. And I think it came as a shock to all of us because Gunther was pretty much, he was Haas. He was he was more a part of Haas than Gene Haas is sometimes. Yeah, I mean, what would F one be without Gunter, man? Like the memes, the personality, <laughs> the we look like a bunch of fucking wankers. Oh man, like yeah, it's definitely going to be very very different without uh him on the grid. But I'm pretty sure a man of his talent, like like you mentioned, right? He literally built. I mean, Gene was the one that provided the funds, but he was there to literally build Haas up from the ground out. You know. Uh, right through uh, 2020, 2021, finding sponsors and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that's yeah pretty much really unexpected because I think up to then, even though Haas wasn't doing that great, I mean, it's Gunther, right? Like he's running he's, the team. So they were yeah, at least I mean, there was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I guess the next most, I think the, the next news that pretty much broke the entire world, not just from the one, is Louis sensational switch to Ferrari, you know, finally, after all those years, all those time, all those rumors of, you know, Louis driving for the Scarlet Horse? Or? Prancing Horse, Prancing Horse. Ah, the Prancing Horse, yes. After so many years of, you know, thoughts of Louis joining the Prancing Horse, the Scuderia finally is happening uh, for 2025 and he'll be pairing with Charles Leclerc, the prodigal son of Ferrari. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure none of us saw this coming. Like we all thought that he was going to retire at for uh at Mercedes, you know. Uh and he's spoken a lot of times that, you know, he wanted Mercedes to be that final team in his career. But yeah, you know, things change. Yeah, what are your thoughts, John? Yeah, it it, it, it was a shock as well because uh for our viewers' context and everything, this was such a shock as well that we were asked to pitch a topic on like give a demo at KL Podfest. Initially, we wanted to give a, a short talk or discussion on the Andretti rejection in, in Formula 1. But Lewis going to Ferrari is such a big topic. Everybody was covering it. We had to, we had to make a, uh, a topic of discussion about it. Essentially, because Lewis has been racing with Mercedes power all his night back from his days with McLaren, um, he's won world championships against Ferrari drivers. Felipe Massa in 2008, Vettel in 2017 and 18. So to Ferrari fans, it's always it's always been like he's the rival, he's the other guy. 
Yeah. So it's it's just it's hard to imagine, and you got a feel for Carlos signs because uh, now yeah. now he's without a job. But I mean, he'll be a very interesting uh, prospect in the drivers market for twenty twenty five. So let's see. All right. So with that all the way, so pretty much what's going to happen in this episode is you know. It's that time of the season. It's before preseason testing. Everyone is out there with their own predictions. So, obviously, you know, we couldn't, you know, stop ourselves from joining in the fun. So, pretty much what's going to happen is John and I have come up with five predictions each. And, yeah, these are basically things that we think might happen this upcoming season. And we'll just pretty much run through it and have a talk about it. Yeah. And before we go into that, for... Our viewers and followers that prefer a more results-based prediction, do stay tuned to our LinkedIn, where we will be posting more results-based prediction based on the Constructors' Championship and basically who will finish who will finish where in, in the drivers. Will there be different race winners and everything? And most likely, everybody expects Max to win again, but it'll be fun to see where the results-based predictions are. As Nathan previously mentioned, these are more events-based predictions. When we think what happened with specific events, whether... It's racing or not. Yep, yep. So pretty much our constructors' predictions will be up uh, by our very new writer, Gazlan, who's not able to join us on the race pod. But yes, we will still have our traditional constructors' predictions on, you know, apart from Red Bull winning the constructors' championship, who else might follow through in that list. Yep. And and uh, before we hint that, the last thing would be... Um, Viewers of, viewers of our LinkedIn newsletter will already see that we have been posting, Gaston has already been posting predictions or reactions with the various deliveries and new cars. This will continue as we head towards pre-season testing as well as our predictions, as well as our predictions for the season on a results-based basis. And that, that will be coming out soon and Gaston will be in charge of that. But, but without further ado, I think we can go into events-based predictions. Sorry to cut you off there. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's just so many things that's just going on on our end in terms of like updates and stuff like that. Okay, right. Predictions. Okay, cool. I think I'll start with the very first obvious one. Um, I think that Red Bull will still continue to dominate the 2024 season. I mean, pretty much the car, they didn't really develop their 2023 car post-summer break, uh, post-last year summer break. So they pretty much had the entire half a year to spend on their time on the 2024 car. So, yeah, that's just my thoughts. I mean, even though, you know, like, um, they all, there have been talks that say that the RB20 isn't as dominant as they'd like to be, you know, it's a slightly different car. It's not, surprisingly, there's, like, Mercedes elements on the Red Bull car, so that's pretty interesting when pretty much most of their drivers follow the Red Bull direction. So, yeah, it's interesting to see that. But I still believe that Red Bull will continue to dominate this season so yeah I would add one wrinkle towards that because there were news of in recent days that there might be turmoil with team management oh, and everything yeah, because yeah, yeah, there yeah. have been rumors and reports about Christian Horner doing some things that might not be proper yeah of course these are still allegations yeah. and rumors and it may disrupt team harmony and there are also of course rumors that Christian Horner and Adrian Newey have a contract where one may need one maybe may leave when the other the other is fired or asked to leave as well. So it may destabilize, but kind of as it is, it's pretty unlikely. 
for now. Yeah, the fire is brewing, definitely. The fire is brewing. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about Horner and if Horner somehow loses his spot as team principal, oh, yeah, that's definitely going to shake things up. The other thing I'm kind of curious is, is the RB20 going to be as dominant as the RB19? Like, that's something that we literally have no idea until pre-season testing. So, fingers crossed, because their rivals are definitely closing in. Like, McLaren, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, they all look good. I mean, they always look good at the start. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I, I mean, we shall see as well, like, is Checo going to do better? Is he going to win more races? Or is he just going to be the number two as well? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what's your prediction, John? Okay, my prediction would be, this is a prediction that we had last year as well, and I was really hoping for it, was that Aston Martin will win a race. Ah, uh, win, win 33. Ah, uh, win 33. Yeah, it's... Because Aston Martin floored the gates really strong last season. Yeah. They started really well. They were the second best team. If anything had to happen to, the, to one of the Red Bulls, Alonso was right there. Stroll, I guess he could be. Just depends on his luck, I guess. But they, they start the season really strong. The foundations are there. Dan Fallows is, is putting in the work. The technical team is strong. They're building the new factory for the Aston Martin. Now becoming more of a factory team as they gear up towards full Honda support in 2026. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, like like you said, Aston Martin started the year really strong, right? They just felt, they just really, really lagged behind in terms of the development of the car. So that's why they just suddenly become like super uncompetitive. But if they are able to maintain the development of the car this year, yeah, I don't see why they can't win the race. I mean, they almost won a race last year. So yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah, and I mean, in wider motorsport news as well, like Aston Martin is gearing up for their entry to the World Endurance Championship as well, 2025. Yep. So I yep. mean... No offense to Lance Stroll, but part of me is hoping that he gets moved there as well. For it to experience different different categories of racing as well as to give maybe a bit more competitive teammate or like a long-term option after Fernando decides he wants to finish the Triple Crown or try the Dakar Rally again or something. So that's what we hope, but at the moment it's kind of unlikely because, I mean, Lawrence is still is still the, the team owner, right? Like, nothing's really going to happen. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, this next one, I mean, for me, it's a little bit, I'm not really sure whether it's going to happen, but, I mean, there's been talks about it, right? So, because Andretti is no longer going to be on the grid, I mean, they are supposed to retry their bid in 2028. And with Haas pretty much being really uncompetitive, there's been a lot of talks of, like, you know, Jin Haas, just sell the team, man. Like, just sell it to Andretti. You know, Andretti has the infrastructure. They're already breeding their car. You know, just freaking... So, Haas will be sold to Andretti by the end of 2024. Whether it's going to happen or not, how it's going to happen, whether Jin will somehow, like, you know what? I'll say, I don't think so because Jin wants the commercial benefits of being in Formula 1. With, like, it's like, you want the maximum reward for the lowest possible effort. I'm just going to invest enough to run the Formula 1 team, but not enough, you know, for it to become competitive or whatsoever. That's why, you know, Gunter was, wasn't really happy with Haas, uh, wasn't really happy with G, you know, in terms of the investment. Yeah. I mean, personally, I would still prefer having 11 teams in the grid rather than 10. Yeah. Yeah, but because, I mean, there have been rumours of team sales, especially other team sales with AlphaTauri. AlphaTauri now, uh, Visa Cash App Red Bull RB, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. them being sold or Haas being sold. So between the two of them, if you ask me us a year ago, I would say 
recent cash app would probably be more likely to be sold maybe a year ago because we previously came up with alternatives of what Rainbow may do with their sister team. But now, with Gunther gone I, in their new team principle, with not that great results, with two experienced drivers, yes, but they, they don't really have much purpose anymore. They, they're not like a Ferrari breeding ground with what with Mick Schumacher and previously coming in. Uh, unless Ferrari wants to give more support with one of their young more young drivers coming in, like o- Ollie Berman or something coming in, what is Haas doing there at all? That yep, they they can't even be a Netflix meme now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. All right, uh, anything else you want to add, or like we can move on to yours? Yeah, mm, yeah, I I mean the only thing I'll add is. Come on, Haas, at least do something. It was like, try to make life interesting. <laughs> that mean, bro, that mean, bro. Because like, come on, do something, man, do something. Yeah, it's like, come, come on, do something. At, at, yeah. at least you were a meme previously. People know you for being entertaining. Now, now yeah. you just exist, man. That's even you sadder. lost your marketing, man. You know, it's like, what's the point of you being there, man? There's no USP anymore. Really. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's like, at least every time Drive to Survive comes around, you at least be reliably entertaining. Man. Yeah. Whether you're competitive or not, it's a different question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's it. And then, like, yeah, I would say interesting shout and definitely a, definitely a possibility that they suggested by other teams, uh, other outlets. My next prediction would be linking with Lewis, uh, Lewis moved to Ferrari as well as Sainz being ousted. My prediction is there will be some very awkward moments coming up. I know mm. with uh, Lewis with Mercedes or Sainz with Ferrari. We've seen this before. It's like back in 2020 when Vettel was leaving Ferrari. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Vettel, Vettel took no prisoners. He, he he just said, yeah, I can do whatever I want. I'm, I'm getting fired anyways. Yeah. So I would think probably if either Science or Lewis would probably ju- ju- just be, they just lose their patience or they say something they shouldn't have or they, they just make a funny comment and like the team, team harmony would not be what, it, again, definitely would be entertaining, but oh, it might be very awkward. So like, you know, on track clashes with their teammates, you know, going against strategy, you know, Charles being yeah. in the lead, Carlos is like, screw it, you know, I'm going for the lead, you know, all those kinds of stuff. Yeah, it, it's going for the lead, disobeying team orders, maybe just uh, not not following instructions during qualifying or preferring to go different ways and set up a strategy. It, it, it could be a lot of different things or it, it, it could be just pit, uh, just normal pit radio is like, just let me do what I want. It'd probably be something. It, it it could be something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, I I don't know. Maybe science. I don't think science is the type to hold a grudge, but maybe he'll fight harder against Hamilton. I'm not sure. It could be. Yeah, I mean that's true. And then imagine if like the Mercedes is actually good this year. Oh, you can, like the team is going to prioritize George, right? Because Lewis is living, and you know if the car is actually good, obviously they don't want Lewis, you know, to bring that knowledge to Ferrari. Yeah, and if the Ferrari is good, you know, and it's a choice between Charles and Sainz, yeah, it is what it is, lah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll definitely be very awkward, and I was surprised they announced it as early as they did. But who knows? It's like it could make for some entertaining watching as when Max wins like the first fifteen races in the row. At least it makes for something interesting to happen. Yeah, I think props to Luis for announcing it so early. Uh, it just gives time for everyone to prepare to find a replacement. But yeah, it's going to be super awkward because like that's going to be the main talking point almost for like the whole season. Yeah, but we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, because I think like even team launches already, 
uh, both Ferrari yeah, and yeah, yeah, Mercedes yeah. had to deal with some questions. It's like, oh, this is going to Ferrari. What do you guys think about it? Even though it's yeah. a year away, people are already asking questions. So I'm quite sure all the FIA press conferences are going to be filled with that. Okay, so what's your next prediction, Nathan? All right, um, so my next one, it's, it's a little bit odd, right? So, okay, I was actually wrote this before the Lewis news, but I mean, okay, Alonso will retire by the end of this season. Okay. So hear me out, hear me out, right? So a lot of people are like, you know, Alonso is the perfect replacement uh, for Lewis right, when he leaves the Ferrari by the end of 2025, right? But he has mentioned before that the calendar is getting longer. And he's no longer, like, he's no longer excited to race if he's too tired to race in F1. He can race anywhere else. Like, he doesn't have to race in F1, right? He doesn't, he's not gunning for the third world title. He's only in it because he likes racing, right? So, if the Aston Martin car either under-delivers, or let's say he goes to Mercedes, I don't think, I also don't think that Alonso is the kind of driver who likes to be number two. Like, if he goes into a team, he wants, like, it's Alonso, man, though. You look at him with McLaren, right? You look at, you look at him in Renault, you look at him in Ferrari, right? With every team he's joined, right, he's always, like, that number one lead driver, you know? So, him going to Mercedes with a chance of winning a world championship and basically playing second driver to George. Yeah, so I think if, like, let's say next year, the calendar is, like, what, 25 races? Yeah, I think he'll retire by the end of the season. Like, he's, like, almost hitting 50 already, so... I, I mean, just to add to that is, if Alonso didn't have his his stint with Toyota, and then it makes sense for him to move into the WEC program with Aston Martin, to, like, take on, the, take on the bond, but I don't think he might do that again. My hope is for him to uh, try Indy again, for him to get the Triple Crown. Or just like try different types of motorsport, mm. like I don't know, maybe go for the Dakar rally again, and then like maybe he can challenge Carlos Sainz Senior or something. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, do you think he used to race in the Dakar rally as well? Yeah, he tried once. He he tried once, and then like surprisingly enough, oh I, yeah, he flipped. Right? Yeah, he, he flipped. But for a rookie, and then like for someone that, that doesn't know rallies at all, that's quite impressive. Maybe he can try the WRC or something like that's what Kimi Raikkonen tried for 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 a time. Right. So, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. yeah, my personal preference, I would agree with you that probably he's getting tired of it. Although I would think he's only aiming for one thing. He's aiming for number 33. After he gets number 33, I think he's probably satisfied. With yeah, that. yeah, that, that makes sense as well. Yeah, like once he gets number 33, he's like, you know what? I'm good, man. Like a third world championship. Eh, we'll see. I don't think that, I just don't think the drive is strong in him to win a third world championship. Like if you're talking about maybe like his second, okay, fine. His third, like, I mean, he's so, he's already quite old for an F1 driver already. So yeah. It's like to put it into perspective, it's like he's raced against Verstappen's dad. As well as Mick Schumacher's dad. Yeah. So I, I think I think he's yeah. probably tired by now. But <laughs> you know you know the meme of like, you know, the grandpa is like, you know what, Gramps? No. Calm down, man. Calm down. You did well. <laughs> that means so, yeah, yeah, but I, I mean I'm all for I'm all for Alonso trying like different types of motorsport. Like he can try like uh touring cars, like the Australian touring cars, he could try he could try indie, um, he could uh, he could go for LeBron again if he wants, or like he could go for IMSA on just rally if he if he's up for it but yeah I would agree with you that I don't think he he may want to stay for F1 long enough for the the, the world title I think like it's probably passed by now like to put it into second that was two decades mm. almost two decades ago that he won his title yeah yep. so yep. alright so that's it for my end yeah so I guess my next prediction would be Theo Porsche or and of Felipe Drogovic who made the 2025 F1 grid okay because these are very successful Formula 2 champions. They are quite highly rated. 
probably not as much as Oscar Piastri is, but they are following in his footsteps. Like they haven't gotten, they haven't gotten the opportunity to step onto a Formula One team. At most, they're they're just test drivers. And now it's three F two champions in the world. They didn't get a, a, maybe the promotion to F one. So, oh, it doesn't it doesn't make for much good viewing for the FIA that their second second string of open view championships don't graduate to the top level of motorsport. So it kind of begs the question that like, what's the point of F two and yeah, that, that's yeah. a very good point, actually. Yeah, that's yeah, and like the, the whole super license system is like, they have a heavy weightage towards F2, but um, they can't even, a lot of F2 drivers can't even make it to F1, which kind of ties into why I prefer having 11 teams rather than 10, but FIA, not FIA, you did your job, but F1, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where would they go, though? Like, let's say, like, in 2025, like, considering how volatile the driver market is. My bet would be... Kyo Porsche, if he joins in, he goes to Sauber or Audi with yeah. color signs and then like to prepare with yeah. them. So they have like a, a lead driver with signs and then like a, like a backup driver, a young rookie with Porsche. Yeah, makes sense. And then if Alonso retires, I think Djokovic should make sense for, for Aston Martin. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking because Honda is coming 2026 as well. So unless they boot off Lance Stroll, they, they probably could get Sonoda yeah. for Honda's sake, especially if Stroll decides he wants to do the WEC or something. Yeah, so cool, 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 right? Yeah, because these are F1 juniors as well. Like, otherwise, they would have to go find other things to do. Mm, other other F1 juniors who didn't get a ch- who didn't get a chance or quite a bit kind of failed in F1 went to IndyCar, like what Callum Eilat yeah, did, yeah. Formula E, mm. which Nick DeVries did. Yeah, he, mm. he didn't have that good a time in F1. Nick DeVries. Yes. Uh, Pascal Verline, St- Stoffel Van Dorn. Yep. That's what they tried it for a mm. while. Or, or they could go into endurance racing like WEC or IMSA where IMSA has an ex-Ferrari young driver, uh, Rafael Marcello uh, as well. So these are other options, but who knows? At the end of the day, they, they could just become a DJ like what Jaime Agusari ended up being. So yeah, but what's your next next uh, prediction? Cool, cool. Right. So this one, I mean, let's just put the focus to our American superhero, Logan Sargent. Right. You know, kudos to him, you know, being the American pride and everything. But I think he'll lose his seat by the end of 2024. Given how, I mean, okay, this is completely dependent on how well he performs, but he had a rough rookie season. Like, like literally, he was just crushing and crushing and crushing. So given how competitive the market is, and the fact that we have uh, Kimi and Ante- Kimi Antonelli from the Mercedes camp, uh, rising star, a rising star. Yeah, if he doesn't perform well, and like you mentioned, right, there are a bunch of F two champions that are just waiting in the wings over there. I think like it's his seat to lose, man. If he doesn't perform well against Alex Albon, yeah, he's done. I, I don't think Wales will give him like another contract extension. There goes all the memes about what the it's a kilometer <laughs> yeah it's like uh, the, the, those memes are gonna I know what a kilometer yeah, is it's like it, he yeah. acknowledged the meme so it's like he does have good sense of humor yeah. so fair enough but yeah I would agree with you he, he probably needs to sh- uh, prove that he deserves to stay because I mean American drivers as well like previously I a couple of years ago it was suggested that uh, Alpha Tari wanted to get Colton Herta as well from IndyCar yeah. So, but that fell yeah. through because of like the FIA super license points and everything. So, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, again, the super license points, everything is flawed as well. Like it, it disadvantages other forms of motorsport. So, it, it, it kind of proves that a, a driver going through the FIA letter may not be perfect, even though they're qualified by the FIA's ranking. Which I mean, even though Logan Sargent is, which 
compared to a lot of indie car drivers, I don't think anybody would say Logan Sargent will be less qualified than an indie car driver. I don't think Logan. I mean, okay, fine. For Logan, it was a really tough rookie season. It's because he got he literally got booted into F one from F two out of nowhere, right? Because they didn't really have a lot of suitable replacement. Dude literally got uh qualified to race for F one at the last race in F two. Like he literally, <laughs> we didn't even know whether he was going to come into F one. It was like towards the end or in Abu Dhabi. It's like okay, fine. Now you qualify. So yeah, he just that switch from F2 to F1 was kind of drastic. Didn't really have a lot of time to acclimatize. So apart from like that one good race in Bahrain and after that, it was just really, really bad. So yeah, I I mean, of course we all want him to succeed, but it's really, really like the market is just getting really competitive. So he just needs to step it up. So the yeah. only good thing in Logan Sarge's favor is that Mercedes don't have conveyor line of juniors waiting in the wings like what Red Bull and Ferrari yes. do. Because... Yeah, there are previous drivers that have raced for Williams or Mercedes Junior teams. Like Pascal Verlaine is now with Porsche and in Formula E. Mm. Uh, Esteban Ocon, technically he has a link, but he's more linked with Alpine now, so yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Ca- kind of wonky on that side. And then others like who else would it be? Now they're not gonna call Nico Rosberg back. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so pr- pretty much Mercedes doesn't have that many options and. I mean, a couple of years ago, they literally had to get uh, a driver from the commentary with Paul DiResta to submit for Massa. Mm. So they they don't have that many juniors. So Logan Sargent has a bit more patience than if he was in the Red Bull camp or Ferrari. But we shall see. And then all the best to him and see how he performs in the upcoming season. Right. I think your next prediction is, is a little bit wild, John. But yeah, take us through it. Yep. I would say there will be... There will be an exciting race with like eight or more DNFs uh, in the upcoming season. Okay, okay. Which, of course, this is this is wishful thinking because we've had some exciting races where like a lot of car issues happened. In 2023, we had the Australian Grand Prix where everything went insane in the last few laps. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there was about, yeah, about eight DNFs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy, yeah. Crazy, crazy race. Yeah, it was, it was about that. In 2022, I'm not sure that the 2022 Japanese Grand Prix had that many, but because it was when it was wild, it was crazy, everything was happening. Yeah, that was crazy, but it was nowhere as crazy as the Australian one. That one, yeah. that one was crazy, that was really insane. And in 2021, they had the Hungarian Grand Prix where Bottas just wiped out like five or six drivers in the ah, first yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was insane too. So my hope is that as teams get settled into the new regulations and everything, Maybe a sense of complacency sets in or like they want to take more risks and then like everybody gets frustrated at rainbows. Somebody just goes from a dive bomb from turn, turn 17 or something and then like the whole the whole field gets wiped out. Like that will make it exciting at least. Yeah, fing- fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Mm. Yeah. Which race do you, yeah, which race? Most likely one of the street tracks. Oh, a street tracks, right? Like what? I would think, yeah, it's not going to be Monaco and like nothing happens in Monaco. Yeah. Uh, I would think most likely either Baku, okay, Baku or I would think Vegas. Vegas was exciting last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Singapore, Singapore is relatively interesting, even though there's not much college. But I would think Baku or Vegas. Yeah, I mean Vegas, the talk was like you know the cold track temperature, and like, we was hoping for carnage. But it, I mean, there was a little bit of carnage, but not a lot of carnage as I expected. But yeah, it was a lot of like on track action with like overtakes and mm. everything, which. Surprisingly, it wasn't that bad of a race. Yeah, it was yep. decent. Yep. Okay, and then like, I, I guess if it was a permanent track, I would have to choose probably the Mexico Grand Prix if it was a permanent track. Because the reason I would choose it is because 
is in the middle of a triple header with US, Mexico, and Brazil. So I would think as everybody gets tired with the triple headers, it's going to be a long season. It's still at the end. The championship is pretty much settled. Everybody's getting ready for next year. They're planning their winter holidays. Somebody's going to mess up and oh, it should be exciting. And maybe Chaco will win. Who knows? Right, right, right. Cool. Yep. So for mine, it's... Okay, I'm a McLaren fanboy, so I really, really want them to get a win this season. I think that was pretty much their expectations for McLaren once they had a really good second half of the season. But yeah, a surprise win for McLaren because one, they had a renewed technical leadership. So it's like a three-man technical team right now. There are people from uh, Ferrari. They have people from Red Bull as well. And then also they have that new facility, the new wind tunnel. And yeah, basically better infrastructure, better technical leadership, which hopefully should translate into performance. So yeah, that's that's just my logic. Who will get it? Where? Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, I mean, there's always that mean that Lando hasn't got his win and every one of his teammates has gotten a win. So there's that. Lando getting a win. Where? Oh my gosh. This is this is hard, dude. It could be anywhere, dude. I, I mean, would it be better or would it be worse if Oscar got it? Yeah, it'll be really, really like... I mean, okay, props to Oscar. <laughs> like, he's a great driver. But yeah, him getting like... Already like him getting the spin win before like Lando even gets a win. There was already like thoughts over there. So if he gets a win before Lando, it's like, come on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, for me, I, I'm okay with either Lando or Oscar getting the win. But yeah, I mean, Lando getting that win. Like, I think it's been... Like, we've been hoping for it ever since he debuted with McLaren. So yeah. Yeah, because the pretty took perspective. McLaren has only won one race in the last 12 years, since 2012. The, the, the last race they won was the 2021 Italian Grand Prix, where uh, for viewers of the, of the podcast, it's Hamilton versus Verstappen Crash version 2, the one where they ran on top of each other. Mm. Yeah, so like, yep, yep. That, that, was, that was their only win since, since F1 changed to the V6 Turbo Hybrids. Before that, it was like button in 2012. So... McLaren has had a couple of tough years and then now that they're back with Mercedes power, Andrea Stella looks to be capable even though they lost. Um, they lost Andrea Seidel as well as James Key. It could be, but then we, we shall see what happens. Uh, always interesting to see. They did they did struggle in the first half of last year, but impressively enough, they recovered quite well in the second half. Yeah, I think there are reports to suggest that this car was basically based on the car that we saw towards the end of last season, which did pretty well in like in terms of high speed and stuff like that. They have a good foundation, they have a good package, they have a good infrastructure and they have a good technical leadership team. So they are definitely in a much better state compared to early last year. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. One of one of the off-season things before Honda tied up with, with Aston Martin was it was one of the craziest things that McLaren actually reached out to Honda to see that whether they want to tie up again. And that was just a wow. That was just wild for me to hear. Just like after how badly it ended. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, do you not remember what happened the last time you guys got together? But okay, yeah. It's like after how badly it ended, that was that was wild and insane. But right, yeah, right. yeah. Props to McLaren. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll try to get a Wolf's engine team with like Toyota or something because now they have like a Toyota junior in there. Hmm. Yeah. So we're down to our last prediction. So yeah, John, take us away. I guess my last prediction. This. Is a Bit and specific, but also specific at the same time. Like I would think there'll be a surprise senior personnel reshuffle. Uh 
I'm probably want to take credit for this, but I wrote this before the Christian Horner news came out. Oh, so, okay, okay. I mean, that could be a case, but I mean, I don't think Ferrari is looking to uh, sack uh, Fred Vassar yet. No, no, no. Yeah, no. and then McLaren was relatively happy with Andrea Stella as well as um, the personnel that we've just mentioned. Mercedes is happy with James Fowles and James Allison. No, James Allison and uh, Total Wolf. James Fowles has is now relatively settled at Williams. He's trying to cover yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit tricky, you know, because their names are so similar. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah James Allison, Aston Martin with Mike Crack. I think yeah, the 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 ex yeah, Mike Crack, yeah. yeah, Mike Crack. Yeah. Oh, who else? You know what? It could be Alpine again because like. They, they they just change they just change uh yeah dude it's so sad they they had like a reshuffle the last season and now I reshuffle this season I'm like dude yeah but then I guess we we always never know but then I guess that was before now we heard the big news that there could be trouble growing at Red Bull yeah we don't know right, right, right. but yeah I I mean there was if an Andretti Global gets the approval from uh from Formula One or FOM in order to enter, I I would think they would they would probably try and poach some of the existing personnel in order to lead their team. So, if that was the case, if Andretti gets gets approved by Formula One and they are due to enter in twenty twenty six, I'm making the prediction now that they'll try to get Latia Binotto to lead their their engine program with uh, with Cadillac. Right, interesting, interesting, and also because there's like that. Uh, anti-poaching clause in uh, Lewis's contract that prevents him to take Mercedes stuff into Ferrari as well because there was a lot of thoughts of like you know Bono maybe you know going to uh, Ferrari with Lewis but yeah that wasn't really going to happen but yeah it's interesting but about the Andretti thing didn't they already didn't F1 already rejected them for like 2026 so even if the Mattia Mattia Pinotto pitch were to happen it would be like 2028 I mean, because they are only due to introduce the engine in 2028 anyways. Like, because the initial plan was to go through um, go through a couple of seasons as a customer team while they built the engine in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, because... Um, I mean, this is sidetracking a bit because it's like, I went through some of the reasoning behind that. Um, teams are not allowed to develop their, their 2026 car until at least the 1st yes. of January 2025 anyway. So... It doesn't even yeah. matter that they, uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they can develop their cars. I mean, they, they can try it. They can try and like challenge it in a court, which I mean, most right, likely they right, would. Right. But yeah, got so it, it. it could be on like 2027 anyways, because there's a whole new engine formula. Uh, Matteo Binotto has a long experience from his days as Ferrari. At Ferrari. And he was the engine head during the Schumacher years. And then now, now he's, as far as we know, he's just relaxing at home. So who knows? It, it could be a good good pickup for an American team with no Formula 1 experience but experience from other sports and try to translate that into Formula 1. It could be an interesting challenge. Although, how well you may integrate with the American culture remains to be seen. And, yeah, could be it could be interesting. Yeah, I think like, I, I, I wouldn't think going for LP as like the easy hanging fruit. It's like, yeah, I think we'll just, we'll just skip that. So, like, if the Red Bull thing doesn't happen, 
with Christine Horner and Adrian Newey, I would think probably Andretti Global would be my most likely surprise reshuffle. All right. So that's it for our predictions. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. So don't forget to follow us on Spotify and drop us a review on what you thought about this episode. Follow us on LinkedIn, our page Race Recap for the latest updates. So yeah, I think personally... There are some predictions that we've thrown out there that may happen or may not happen. But either way, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to go for preseason testing and just see how the cars perform. Yeah. So any ending thoughts, you know, from you, John? I guess one thing is, Nathan and I are both Asians. It'll be interesting to see the very first East Asian, like the Chinese driver, Zopan Yu, to be at his home Grand Prix in China for for, for the, the, the first race, yeah, especially after yeah. China comes back after their long COVID hiatus. So that should be interesting as well. And then maybe he'll score some decent points. Who knows? But it gives something interesting to, to, to look at besides Max winning the first 25 races of the season or something. Right. So yep, once again, I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. And stay safe and I'll see you in the next episode.